Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. So tonight's lesson in running this race, in this series of running the race, is um, untangling the entanglements that hinder your race. And the scripture God gave me is the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. So what happened is I was in a situation with someone who's mature in the Lord's walked with the Lord, has cut out of so much bondage. It's amazing. It's amazing to do this kind of ministry and see people's lifestyle changes. So for you guys and for those watching, has anyone else finally learned that sometimes when you need a lot of grace and sometimes when things you thought were dealt with are showing up, it's not the devil doing it. It's God. Holy Spirit lives in us when he wants to deal with something. And it's not as running after sin. It's not as all of a sudden that thing shows up. Amen? Like bigger than it even is. Like you're thinking, I haven't given into this in so long and I thought this was dealt with and what's going on? Can I get an amen? amen? Okay, that is the work of Holy Spirit sanctification. So quit trying to cast down imaginations. <laughs> quit trying to blame anybody else. If you only want the Holy Ghost, you'll only get the Holy Ghost. Amen? And we have whole teachings to help you know that that's what you really want. I believe most people here have really gotten to that place that that's all I want is the Holy Spirit. I'm not trying to fit in anywhere. I'm not trying to be super spiritual. I'm not trying to prove anything. We, this church, we've gone through enough fire, amen, and enough storms, amen, to get to, and, and truthfully, enough of coming to true brotherly love that all we want is the Holy Spirit. Amen? So when your heart's prayer is all I want is you, Holy Spirit, and he's not always just doing the divine encounters that are fun, like we're hoping for on Friday nights, amen? But many times before those, he will do the divine encounters of sanctification, which is what he does is he supernaturally puts his hand on the enemy and says, you're showing up, buddy. Remember, Holy Spirit's in you. So it's, you almost have to see Holy Spirit going, you, you're coming out. And it's in there going, they still want me. They still believe me. They still think, they don't know I'm here. And you don't know all this is going on in the spirit. But Holy Spirit go, no, you're coming out and they're going to kick you out. And then all of a sudden you have a temper tantrum you haven't had in years. Or you're having evil thoughts you didn't think you could have. Or you're blaming. One of the first things to show that this is happening is you start to blame somebody else. Can I get an amen? amen. All right. So, so don't freak out and think you're backslidden. It's, it's always, the Bible says to um, make sure you're in the faith. I, I do this myself all the time. 
I sit there and go down a checklist between me and God. Like, okay, Lord, okay, I do love you. Yes, Lord, I do go after you. And yes, Lord, I'm spending time in your word. And, and I'm just like, because when God has you in something that's not extremely exciting and fun. And, and let me say, how many know God really likes to use family for this? Don't, don't shout it too loud, but yes, yes. Amen. So the minute you start to blame someone else, God wants you to look at you. The minute you start to blame somebody else when this kind of Holy Spirit shaking is going on, go look in the mirror and just say, okay, whatever's in there, God, that you want out, I'm in agreement. It's got to come out. So whatever you want somebody to get something else out of them, okay, that's not how this works with God. God says he could have one parent who's a believer, true believer, free, and it sanctifies the children and makes them holy. That means they can have the same authority and power even if they married an unbeliever. And the way it talks about in the Bible is they were married before they got saved, that one of them got saved, the other didn't get saved. But as long as there can be peace in the home, and the unbelieving spouse doesn't want to leave or isn't violent or isn't having affairs. The other biblical reasons for divorce. You can hear all that in the marriage teachings. As long as that person will live in that house with a believer. The Bible says stay with them. They might even get saved. And don't worry. Your influence as the mother, if it's the mom who saved, or as the father, if it's the father, your influence alone will rule in those children's lives and they'll be made holy. So get rid of any doctrine that you believe that it's his fault or her fault if your children are messed up. Can I get an amen? <laughs> How happy is that? God is completely not into blaming the other person. So, so that is an entanglement. Now remember when we're looking at the race, it says to get rid of the entanglements. So when I look at the word entanglement out of the Hebrews race, I, I think of relationships. Relationships that Holy Spirit is not in charge of. So I went through a little bit of this in a situation, nothing serious, but Enough that it was bothering me that I knew God was trying to get my attention. Okay? So I have come to know that as we do this series this year, and as we put these workbooks together and these teachings, God's going to use real life situations, which is going to include some of you, to help me to see what I need to go deeper in study and to help people get free. Amen? That's how it works with me. That's why it's like so real. That's why I don't repeat a lot of things, although the, the word will come out and come out and you'll hear scriptures over and over. All right, so I want you to first of all stop and think entanglements are, it's between you and someone else that gets in the way of being led by the Holy Spirit, okay? An entanglement that we're supposed to get rid of, okay? Not a relationship that we're supposed to get out of, See, I can get rid of an entanglement and stay in the relationship and live a perfectly spiritual life in Christ. Amen? Unless it's a relationship that he wants me to sever, which is not a marriage, 
unless there was violence. And I mean real violence, not you make it up violence. And to be honest, with true violence, you can have authority and bind it and take authority over it. But God doesn't want the kids in a home that can't be peaceful. And he doesn't want you hurt if you don't know how to walk in that kind of authority. But he always says that you can leave a marriage if the other person is unfaithful. It doesn't mean you have to. We know people who've stayed in those marriages and they got honest and real and worked it out and their marriages are blessed now. Amen? So I just want you to see that. So I'm say, I have to say things clear so somebody doesn't run out the room, tell their husband they're leaving them because they went to church tonight <laughs> and, they, and they, they now have... That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying in Christ... You can overcome. Amen? He gives us really cool things to believers. And we need to make sure our children know these things. We need to make sure our youth group knows these things. We need to make sure those who are doing youth in their groups talk about these things. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So God's saying, look, I'm going to save you a lot of trouble. Don't date them. Don't fall in love with them. And don't marry people who don't have the Holy Spirit living in them. It does not mean that that person has to be at the same place in their race as you are. It does mean that that person needs to be born again on their way to heaven. And Holy Spirit has access to speaking to that person and through that person. Amen. Now that makes sense, doesn't it? Because God knows if they're spirit-filled and they mean it and they're obeying and they've and you do and everybody's got good teaching that helps, then you can work out any situation. Amen? And you can work out any situation with your children and you'll do everything godly. And we've got teaching. We got it here in our bookstore. We got it on mentorship. There's a whole teaching on marriage. It has everything the Bible says about marriage. It talks everything about divorce and, and why. And we have a whole teaching on divorce and how to get healed from that so that you can be whole enough for God to put you in another relationship. And we also talk about um, raising godly children. So we have teaching on all those things. God does not give us teaching that's a step-by-step, -step, Okay. He gives us teaching that we can be led by the Holy Spirit and find what we need when we need it. He hasn't stepped down and said, okay, everything now is written on somebody's, in somebody's book or somebody's tape or even in his book, amen? So you don't need me. God's word is holy. It's supernatural. It's powerful. And he, the author of it, is the one who will teach it to you and lead you in it. And his spirit lives in you right now. And it does the yes, this is God. We've got to get discernment back. Amen. We'll be dealing with that some on Friday nights. All right. So I want you to see this because when I was in this situation, it was a little awkward because I didn't understand this kind of thinking. I didn't understand thinking where if one person wants to do one thing and the other person wants to do something else, that someone's thinking could be that they're being rejected. Or that something's wrong. You know, in other words, everything begins to be a struggle. Okay? And then as I was seeking the Lord, and confusion would try to get in. So when there's confusion, there is a spirit of manipulation-witchcraft that's operating against your flesh. It doesn't mean 
that you want that to happen if you're the one releasing it. And it doesn't mean that you're aware that it's happening. Amen? Amen? But if there's entanglements in you and wrong way of seeing relationships, then that thing is going to come to the surface and cause problems. Now, an entanglement or when an enemy is involved, it wants you, okay, what the Lord was showing me, the Lord says in his word, it's in the book of Luke, it's also in the book of Mark, but he says, we are not to lord it over others when we have authority. We're not to be like the world and lord it over. So the Lord began to show me in, in dysfunctional entanglements, and let me just say, most of our movies, all the soap opera junk, a lot of the books, all the romance stuff, all the stuff that's out there, either want you to have an independent spirit and nobody's going to tell you what to do, or they want you to be codependent, which is another word for entangled. Okay? So, you first, so when I was talking with someone, I was, if you were coming, if you came out of a very controlling whether you were the one in control or the other person was in control, but you came out of that kind of a relationship, that kind of marriage, that kind of parenting, you have a lie that says somebody has to lord it over the other person. So the strong personality, if it's female, can become a Jezebel personality if it also uses sexual perversion and sexual enticements and seduction to try to rule. Can I get an amen? Okay, but you can have a violent control spirit that's not a Jezebel spirit in a man that's going to rule because they're stronger, they're going to make you submit. They love to twist the scriptures about submission. I'm not going to get into all that. It's, it's, on, it's in that series on marriage. I'm just going to try to help you to see areas that you're to talk about in your groups and find healing and deliverance from. Now, if you grew up with um, dysfunctional parenting or you didn't have a mom in the house or you didn't have a dad in the house and what you saw was control, so you saw wrong submission, amen? You saw lording it over. So I want us to realize, as believers, we don't lord it over others. And, and let me get to that scripture because there's something in there that's pretty cool. Everything in here is really cool. Let me just tell you, when you go to God and you start seeing all this, you're going to see this stuff everywhere. Do you know what I mean? Like you're going to literally see, wow, this scripture goes with that. The New Testament epistles are written to help people get free. Amen? They're really written in a way to show us what it's like in God's kingdom without the fallen nature in charge. And most people don't know that. And so a lot in the church, if the leaders don't know that, then, and, and the books people write, they don't know that, then everybody is trying to mimic dysfunction and label it submission. Can I get an amen? So we have to delete everything we've learned from the world system. Everything. And we have to enter in to a place being led by the Holy Spirit to say, what does this mean? How does this work? And I want everybody to get a wake-up call. If you've lived your whole life 
watching dysfunctional parenting, if you then became a dysfunctional parent, if you were in a dysfunctional marriage, let me tell you what, it can be a very dysfunctional marriage even if you think it's great if you're the one controlling somebody else. Amen? You control somebody else and you wonder why they're not spiritual. You control somebody else and you wonder, you're always judging them. And God's like, okay, get free from this. Okay? So, man, this could take a long time. We may be all summer just teaching on this, right? All right, so let me get to the scripture. So, I'll teach you how to do this. You go, you get, you get the e-sword, and then you put the words you're looking for in there. So, for me, that was lorded over. So, when I looked at lorded over, um, so look at Mark 10, 42. And it, it talks about, first they're walking along, and I love how real they are around Jesus. When people are this real around Jesus to argue about who's going to sit at his left and his right and bring their mom into it, you know what I'm saying? When people are this real, do you know they, they know that Jesus is not going to jump down their throat? They know that they can be themselves. One thing the disciples could be around Jesus was their real selves, even their unsanctified selves. Amen? One way you know that you're not really in a free relationship is because you can't be yourself. And some of you don't even know who yourself is. God loves us and accepts us just as we are. And then if we choose to not remain infants and we choose to run this race to get closer to him and to get to know him and let him change our thinking completely, amen? Then we're going to mature, we're going to grow, and we're going to be in the right race. In the correct race where Jesus is the author and the finish of our faith, there is no condemnation. If there's condemnation in your race, in your thinking, every bit of what the world calls mental illness is listening to the wrong spirit claiming to be the Lord. So when we get to that topic of running and get, get out of the wrong race, which we're not doing tonight, but you can start thinking about it. You've got to be in the real race. How do you know if you're in the real race? There's real fruitfulness, people. You're always changing into his likeness. You're loving him more. You're loving yourself more. And then you're able to love others. If you hit a roadblock in this race, then you start listening to the enemy about why it's not for you. Or those roadblocks you put there, you made that stony place somehow. Do you see how much there is to do in your notebooks, people? <laughs> So you have to start seeing, what was it that I bought as a lie? What did I ever say led by the enemy? What did I make fun of? What happened that put this roadblock there? Okay. I'm just, like I said, this is something you're going to have to work out between you and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. It's something that's different teaching. This is a lifestyle as a believer. Amen. It's not all you do, but it's part of what you do because he's holy. And we, we should have a heart. He's holy. I want to be holy. Get this. All right. Get this. Really listen to this. Everybody listen to this. 
God never made anyone evil. God cannot make evil. Evil is when Satan fell away from who he was created to be and he lost everything that he had in God. And he became pure darkness. So in truth, he became a liar. Amen? So instead of love, he became hate. Instead of pure, he became evil. Okay? He's a false, he's never created anything. He just perverts what God has created. Okay? Quit agreeing. Never agree with him that you're evil. Never agree with him that you're perverted. Never agree with him that you're just made like this. Never agree with him that you like it. Okay? <laughs> to run this race, you have to break all agreement with the enemy and not let him even talk to you. People who lose their sound minds have a deep-rooted fear that they're condemned, that they're evil, that they're bad. And they have a fear of eternal damnation. We're not going to get all that tonight. One day we'll get to these topics. Amen. We have these topics preached, but it'll be part of this workbook at some point. So I'm telling you now, and I'm telling group leaders, do not let them go down that path. If you have to say stop, we're not going to help you run the wrong race. You need to deal with your spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Amen? You need to write that down. You need to mean it. So what happens if you have a spirit of fear? Who gave it to you? The devil. So quit agreeing with him about it. Amen? This is your free will part. This is the part where you get to use your reasoning until you completely listen to the enemy, call him God, and then he takes over. Then it's what the world calls mental illness. And then you're going to need a major power deliverance. But you can start getting, weaning yourself from these lies, okay? First, you have to recognize it's a lie. God is never going to tell someone that he died for, that he went to hell for, that he created in his image and in his likeness that there's something evil about them. Amen? He's done everything to redeem you from the evil one. He destroyed the works of the enemy. Amen? You've got to get free from condemnation. You can't be teachable in condemnation. Everything that you try to do, the devil tells you how bad you are. Why do you listen to him? Does anybody get something? Let me tell you something. Even if Jesus Christ you choose is not your Lord, Satan's not your Lord. He's never, he's not between him and God. He's already been thrown out. He's like a nothing. The only authority and power he has is what you give him. It's what you give him. So don't give it to him. 
When you give him your authority and power by agreeing with him, you lose your sound mind and you live in fear, not faith. Amen? Remember, in the race, Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith. In the counterfeit race, because Satan can't create anything, he counterfeits. Satan is trying to be your God by being in charge of making you full of fear, hate, self-hate, condemnation. He will use your parents to do that. He will use spouses to do that. He will even use pastors to do that. He will use teachers. He will use anybody he can work through to plant those seeds. Those are the seeds when you get your notebooks that you take right to that garden of tares. Amen. You pull that seed out. Literally do this stuff. Say, I'm taking this seed of condemnation out. God has not given me a spirit of fear. So where I feel fear, I, re I pull that out now in the name of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, help me see where does that fear come from. Now these are things you can do in your groups. These are things as time goes, we'll have more group time. Amen. These are things you can get together and talk about or call somebody. Amen. Amen. These are good things you can write down and do at home and bring back to your group. And say, hey, I want to run this by and see what you guys think. Does everybody kind of understand why this can't be a weekend seminar? Okay. I love people. I've had inner healing. I went to a weekend seminar. I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> Can we pull that seed out? That sanctification happens in a weekend. Okay. It's an ongoing part of living for God. How do you know? Because Paul says he dies daily and he was a real apostle. Amen. He's a real apostle. And every day he had to die. Every day he had to put down the flesh. Every day. Every single day you have to make a choice. A hundred thousand times a day sometimes to believe God or to believe the devil. Let me say this. Whenever you're not believing God, you are believing the devil. Even if it's think, you think you're believing Oprah or somebody. Okay. All right. Anytime you believe anybody who is speaking against God's word, perverting God's word, changing God's word in any way, shape or form, no matter how they wrap it up and make it look nice, it's the wrong spirit. Amen. Amen. Our entire culture is right now trying to do this thing to come in with perversion that sounds good and people are buying it because they're so used to being led by lies and if you step back from it and ask God to help you to see right you would be appalled at what's going on for example in the state that I'm believing I think God probably has won it back for his glory. And that's going to be revealed. But I know he's going to give it back for his glory. He promised me. Otherwise, I too would have a suitcase and be trying to go to Florida. But I believe God. And I'm a fighter. Amen? I'm going to fight in the power of the Holy Spirit. But they just passed this thing to supposedly help a certain people group that they just want to help. By labeling them stupid. And so they're dumbing down our education system with this new law that says you cannot teach advanced math in our state schools anymore. Okay, 
We just made sure that nobody in this state gets to go to Yale, to Harvard, which might be a good thing, but any prestigious school except two, the people in our state who have the money to put their kids in private schools. Because we don't want someone who they think is dumb to feel dumb because they can't do the same math as someone else. I've got to say, if I was being labeled by these people who say they love me and want to help me, that I'm too dumb to learn advanced math, and let me personally say, I don't like math. I took as little math as I could. I even got a Bachelor of Arts <laughs> instead of a Bachelor of Science because I didn't want to take advanced math in college. I call that me using my reasoning to say I don't want to spend that much time on math. But I had the free will choice to do that. I didn't have someone else tell me, you're just too stupid to do that. Therefore, we're not going to let anybody do that so you don't feel bad. I bet Ben Carson's mom didn't think that ben, little Benny was too dumb to learn math. Do you all know that that's happening? And do you know we have elections coming up? And we had better, better win. And we better open our eyes because I found out today that some people are hidden in mega clothes who are progressives. See, when the enemy is in charge, he used subtleties. But if you would just wake up and ask God to show you, you would actually see what's really being said. What's really being said when they put a kill your own baby clinic for free and every single underprivileged people who can't learn math districts, they're actually saying, your lives don't really matter. Go ahead and stop them before they hardly get started. Or go ahead and have them so we can just sell the parts. And people are so blind because they've bought into this lie. Can we get out of the race of condemnation and looking for somebody to rescue us and get into a race where we have been rescued? Amen. Instead of letting ourselves be used, whether we're women, they're trying to use women, they're trying to use blacks, they're trying to use Asians, they're trying to use anybody for their own lording it over us. Amen. So the Lord says here, I said I wasn't going to be political. All right. The Lord says here, but having called them near, Jesus said to them, you know that those seeming, seeming good word to rule the nations, lord it over them, lord it over the people. And their great ones exercise authority over them. Could we please in the body of Christ quit saying, who, who do you, I sit under that pastor, do not sit under me. And may I suggest you quit sitting under anybody? Just the picture of it is bad enough. <laughs> Just, we see in pictures, and this is not a pretty picture. <laughs> Next time somebody says, <laughs> who are you under? <laughs> it had better be the lordship of Jesus Christ or the natural headship of your Spouse, your husband, only ladies. Amen? All other unders are wrong. Now, I won't get into that. 
Do you see how much I could teach on this? This is how messed up things are. So Jesus is saying really clear, hey, we don't act like the spirit of the world. We don't use our authority to lord it over others. Which means we don't use our authorities to make others' decisions for them. We don't use our authority to put other people, quote, in their place. We don't use our authority to take away their own brains. We don't use our authority to take the place of God in other people's lives. All right? Then he goes on. He goes, I'm going to tell you how it works in the kingdom. Okay, I want you to see this. Because when the enemy perverts something like authority and lordship, how many know that's really perverted in the world? Even in the church. Then we need to read, well, what does God say we're supposed to be like? And how many know, as believers, we actually should believe? The way he says it. Do you understand what I'm getting at? You have been brainwashed by the enemy in your culture in your schools, in the churches sometimes, to believe like the world. And Jesus Christ came to give you truth to set you free so that you can believe like he believes. And that's how you need to train your children, especially in this crazy world. We've had, we've had way too much um, cutesy-ootsy church. We had better get in there and be as serious with our kids and with our young people and our teens as the devil is at destroying them. So Jesus says, it shall not be so among you. This means in a marriage, this means in parenting, this means as an employer, this means as a pastor, this any place where there's authority, you are not to lord it over others. But here's what you're to do. Whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. Whoever you desire to become first needs to be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, to give his life for a ransom for many. All right, get this. This is the reality. This is the reality of being able to be trusted with authority. This is the reality of what makes a godly husband, a godly husband, and a godly wife a godly influence on her children. This is what makes a godly teacher. It's someone who understands that if God has given them a place of authority, it is so that they can serve and help that other person to be great. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. Now let's all repent. <laughs> let's all repent. Say, Lord, I want to run your race. Forgive me for lording it over others. Forgive me for using my personality to lord it over others. And God, forgive me for letting others lord it over me. In Jesus' name. So what would lording it over be if God's idea of servant and authority is that you lay down everything to help them succeed? So God's idea of, of, a, of a godly leader, whether it's a politician, whether it's a pastor, or whatever, is they're going to give up everything 
to serve you to become all that God has for you to be. So in relationships that are not entanglements, self has to die. Has anybody really realized to run this race? <laughs> self has to die. Okay. In entanglements, which includes manipulation, control. So if you have a child that lords it over you, and they can be really young in trying to do this. <laughs> and I see an amen coming loudly from someone <laughs> in the room. All right, I want you to get this though. Is this helpful? This is really helpful, isn't it? Whew. Okay, when I was going through this week, let me get to why I named it this. I was going, okay, Lord, this is trying to make me feel like I'm trying to call the shots. This is trying to make me feel that I'm doing this and I'm doing that and that I need to say this. And it was so dysfunctional. I said, Lord, give me something to bust through this confusion, but give me something that will also help this person because I know this person loves you. I know this person has just never really learned how to walk in real relationships without bondage. And the Lord said, the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. Now let that go in deep. The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. How? The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. Why is that important? Because you should set you free that if your steps are being ordered by anything but the Lord, then you're in the wrong race. That even means you ordering your steps. And it's not for you to order somebody else's steps. I said, well, I have to order my children's steps. No, you have to spend time with God and he will order your children's steps through you. And he will give you a heart to make them great in his kingdom. Not in the world's way of thinking. Okay, and this is a great place when you do your worksheets to repent of not raising your children that way. Can I get an amen? Do, do you understand how you could just take what I've given you this far and go through relationships and spend the next month Looking at each relationship. Is that how my father raised me? Is that how my mother raised me? Were they trying to serve me so that I could be all that God had for me to be? Is that how I raised my children? Now I had to repent pretty far along in my walk because I was so self-absorbed that because I was doing so many good things and things God wanted me to do and anoint and appointed and, and really helping people, I didn't realize how much it still all revolved around me and trying to prove something about me. And then I realized I'm missing out on who they are and what they're talking about and what they're doing because the lie was what I'm doing is more important because it's more spiritual. I'd be like, okay, and can I just say, if I can tell you all my junk, like Ezekiel 12, <laughs> put my stuff out there, and I don't live in any kind of condemnation, but I have gone through true repentance. I've, had, I've made it right. My relationship with my children is great. I have a great relationship for real, not pretending, not trying to make them need me, not trying to make them act like they like me. They actually like me. They're even taking their vacation time to come visit John and I and go to the beach house. And they both make enough money to go to a beach house by themselves and not include us. Amen? It's like there's so much fear that you won't have anybody if you do this God's way. How many, how many can say, no, the truth is we just never even heard about God's way. We were blinded by the enemy's way. Amen? 
So there's so many laws in God's word and his ways and watching him and how he handles relationships. Watch how he handles relationships with his disciples. See how he has a relationship with his father. And this is how you look at the gospels. Don't just read them for the stories. Do you understand why you could read the word all the time and keep changing and growing and learning who he is? Look at how he, he could have lorded it over. First of all, he's Lord, right? So if anybody could lord it over, it's him. And he doesn't. That's why the bad stuff gets to keep happening. He's not going to come in and lord it over people's free will. But he gonna, he's going to send out an outpouring of his spirit to cause people to see him and to want to hear teaching like this and to want to be changed into his likeness. So we're going to get ready to break up. It's already after eight. So we'll talk about this more next week. So I'm going to go over what the worksheet says and your groups can decide what part you want to look at. How many have already got plenty to go home and do? In your groups, if you get a chance, look over these scriptures. I'm going to say these scriptures so the people watching can look these up. Look up Psalms 37, 23. Psalms 37, 31, Proverbs 16, 9, and Proverbs 20, 24. They'll tell you in your group, Margaret, which you're in my group, so give it a break. We'll do it in a minute. All right, Psalms 37, 23, Psalms 37, 31, Proverbs 16, 9, and Proverbs 20, 24. Or you can go to Esort and put in the word steps. <laughs> and then you can look through the list and see which ones are talking about God ordering our steps. Amen? So he orders the steps of the righteous. He orders them. Let me, there's one scripture. Let me see if it's that top one. That's just so good. I just really want to read it because it brought me so much freedom to understand what this codependency thing was. Um, 37, let me try Psalms 37, 23. The steps of a good man are established, established from the Lord and he will delight in his ways. Though he falls, he's not cast down. For the Lord upholds his hand. I have been young, I've been old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. All the day he is gracious and lends, and his seed is for a blessing. Turn away from evil, do good, and live forever. For Jehovah loves judgment. He does not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever, but the wicked seed will be cut off. Okay, right now, when the devil says, you're the wicked seed, ha, that's a lying spirit. Okay, so when you read a scripture like that, and the first thing that pops into your mind is, see, you're the seed of the wicked. That's a demonic spirit masquerading as God. It will take your sound mind. You will live in condemnation and fear, and you've got to start recognizing it. That's not God saying that to you. Well, how do I know? Because you're born again. You're born again. By the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee that you've been redeemed. Amen? If you listen to the enemy twisting scripture to only pull out the condemning evil things when it's twisted, then you are in the wrong race. And the devil's after your sound mind. And he will keep you in entanglements. So you've got to get that aha Holy Spirit-led moment to say, oh, that's it. God wouldn't say that to me. I'm born again. Do you not get it? Born again. God lives in you. He's not going to call you wicked and evil. 
And then when he says, yeah, but you've done the unforgivable sin. Why do you let him talk to you? When you, I cannot wait till some of you can hear God as much as you can hear the devil. You'll be amazing. You have to cut off that voice. You tell that spirit of condemnation to shut up in Jesus' name. You ask God to punish it. I say give it the punishment of Satan on judgment day. And you command it to loose you now in Jesus' name and you mean it. And the next one that talks to you, you do the same thing. And the same thing. You want to win? Never let that voice put another seed in your heart. And up pluck every single lie you've bought. Now every time you've let that voice... Speak into your spirit. You have planted those. So some of you need to go and look at this bed of tears that you placed in your heart by listening to that. And then every time you hear condemning preaching and every time you hear this and every time somebody says something evil and every time you do a work to stop it, you just fertilized it, you just made it grow. And the fruit of that is going to be insanity. The fruit of that is going to be low self-esteem. The fruit of that is looking for somebody to rescue you, somebody to take care of you. Do you understand what I'm saying? You need to get one of those um, plows. And can I recommend an, a, a gas one or something? I know nothing about this. I just have a little tiny garden. Everything's growing. One snail did kill a cauliflower plant. But I don't like cauliflower. Anyhow, so, so... You want that kind of tiller? Now we're in the stony ground part. You want that kind of tiller that goes and throw up all the condemnation, all the stuff you learned in a cult, all the stuff you learned in a church full of condemnation and judgment, all the stuff you learned about sloppy grace, all the stuff you learned about God and him not being who he really is. Amen? Amen. All the stuff you learned in relationships full of entanglements. And you need to spend some time Getting rid of all that. You don't spend all your time there. You want to spend some time there. But if that voice is talking to you and talking to you, you better go spend some real time there. You better make a determination. God of the word. This awesome Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, who you can see. The only person he ever rebukes. He doesn't rebuke the crazy man who's totally demon possessed and cuts himself and hurts people and comes running down. Jesus goes right to him and he runs up to him, falls down because he sees the power of God. The demons are going, what are you going here? Jesus says, who are you? Come out of him, put him in a sound mind. The man didn't say, oh no, you have to be that horrible person that had me in so much bondage. He hugs Jesus says, can I follow you? Please let me follow you. And Jesus says, he gets, Jesus says, you stay here. And tell everyone what I've done. He became an evangelist. Okay? You don't have to go backwards. And you don't have to keep saying that God is who the devil is. If you call the devil God, he is going to be God in your life. And you are going to be messed up. Amen? So you've got to start seeing that. You can't be afraid of scriptures. Because the devil says, you're the wicked seed. You can't be the seed of the wicked. You're the seed of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, I am born again. again. (laughs) The word of God God. came into my heart. heart. Jesus became the Lord. Lord. And the Holy Spirit Spirit came inside of me. And gave me the righteousness of Christ. 
and he calls me holy. There is no wicked seed in you that has permission to grow. And you have to either give it permission or throw it out. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. And I hear an amen. amen. I'm telling you, people would not be labeled mentally ill if they could get to this understanding before the devil takes their sound minds. If you have somebody struggling with what they call mental illness, you need to get back into some basic teaching with them of who God is, how good he is, and try to find out why do you see God wrong? Why do you see him so powerless and see the devil so powerful? What have you been reading? What seeds have you put in? Bust that stuff out. Don't read anything that makes the devil even look like he's close to the power of God. How can a defeated foe whose works have been undone by God have any authority in your life? Any. He can't unless you don't understand who God is and you start calling the devil God. And you start buying his lies against God. Amen? Remember, this whole race, you have to see the true Jesus. He has to be building your faith. Jesus never builds your fear. Amen? He never condemns you. He's not trying to get you to prove anything. Amen? So when you're doing these notebooks at home, I'm praying you really decide, I'm going to take time and do this. I'm going to set apart some time, hopefully every day, not in a legalistic way where you beat yourself up because you didn't do it yesterday. But in a heartfelt, gosh, I really want to. I want to sit down and pray and see where there are entanglements. Remember, entanglements is where something, you are either leading somebody else's steps or somebody else is leading your steps or it can be a little of both. Amen? How many know there's probably a little bit of both in most people's lives until they see it and get free? And how many know that there can be a lot in certain people's lives who took it on as an identity? And there can be a lot of being a doormat, as they would say it, if you want somebody to lord it over you. Wanting somebody to lord it over you and thinking that is healthy is not right. It's perversion. It's not helping the relationship. It's not real friendship. Let me repeat, that's not real friendship. That's not real friendship. If two people cannot get together and talk about things and make decisions together and be okay, and if one person wants to do something different, then that's fine and you can do something different. And, and that's the same in marriages. A husband and wife, God sees them as one flesh. I'm not getting all that, but it's about authority. It's about authority against the enemy. It's about authority in prayer. It's powerful because it represents Christ and his bride. And there's teaching on that. Amen? We're not going to get tonight. We won't have time. We'll, we'll try to go over some of these other relationships. Tonight, talk about, there's one other scripture. Let me try this. Psalms 3731. Let's try that one. 3731. Anyway, it's probably the same one, but in a different um, translation. Let me try to amplify it. Okay. The steps of a good and righteous man are directed and established by the Lord. He delights in his way and blesses his path. Okay? So I want you to find this freedom. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. Forever ordering someone's steps. Or forever allowing someone to order my steps. 
You're the one who orders my steps. You're the one who orders other people's steps. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, there's so many questions with this. I will teach you next week, how does that apply to parenting? Okay, I'll teach you next week. This week, I just want you to deal with where have I had somebody else order my steps? Where have I lost my being led by God? I, it's, ooh, there's so many people that say, well, I don't hear God. That's because you let other people order your steps. You've grown up believing other people or you order everybody else's steps. What you're basically saying there is, I don't need God. I got you. Or you're saying, you don't need God. You have me. And it puts a devil there. It puts a devil who blocks your ears from hearing God because you'd rather have your steps ordered by a person. And you probably were someone who was in an abusive situation or had very controlling parents. Or you can't hear God because you've jumped what you think is in front of him and you're smarter than everybody and you have more understanding there than everybody and you can intellectually rule over everybody so you think you're doing everybody a favor by ordering their steps. And your heart really might be, I just want to help people. But the truth is, you don't help people by ordering their steps. Let me give a little clarity because I don't want you all freaking out, acting weird while during this week. For example, as a spirit-led parent, free from fear. I, I had parenting that included one person who was very actually paranoid. And it was just fear, 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 fear. And I had another parent who was pretty laid back and fun, which kind of balanced it a little. But spirit-led parenting, you got to get free from thinking you're the one who has to do everything right. You got to get free from the fear that something bad's going to happen. And we won't get into all that. But for example, I was just, I know you've heard the story, but it's one that stands out in my mind. I was watching my niece and I had my son. They, they were like three years old, maybe four. I had a bird in a cage, like a canary. I was down in the master bedroom putting my makeup on. When I hear the small, small voice of the Lord say, go down to the playroom. I didn't want to. The kids were being quiet, too quiet. But I just was enjoying the quiet. And then the Holy Spirit said, I said, go down to the playroom. So I get up, I run down to the playroom at the end of the hall, and I open the door, and to my amaze, to my astonishment, they had the little bird plucking his feathers off with a gleeful laughing in their hearts, okay? I'm like, ah! Oh. So, Lord, give me wisdom. So I took the bird, said, we don't do that to living creatures, and, la and I cast the spirit of death out of them gently. Because they were gleefully killing a bird. Which would have led to killing other pets, which would have led to other stuff. Okay, I didn't make an over big deal of it for the crazies who hyper-spiritualize everything and mess your kids up. I didn't then get paranoid that everything is demonic. I just, do you see what, God, what happened? God ordered my steps to go and order my children's steps to not kill a bird. Because that was, that's what true, but not paranoia and spying on them and cameras on them and, and this and that and, and calling people up. What are they doing? What are they saying? That's fear-based, control-based, taking the place of the Holy Spirit. Let that bust through. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There's freedom. Amen? If you 
are a control freak, you are causing your children to not trust God, to not be able to make their own decisions, or to rebel from authority. That's what you're pouring into them. That's what you're pouring into them. That's not what you're intending, but that's what you're doing. If that happened to you, you became one of those things. You either became rebellious or ordering everybody else's step. You become what you judge. That's another whole topic in this entanglement thing. Does everybody understand this? All right. Husbands. God has given you authority when he gives you headship in your family. Only husbands have headship Pastors do not. The reason there's so much sexual sin in the church between male pastors and female people is because they keep calling themselves the head of the church and they're not. It's an intimate term that has to do with Christ and his bride. Christ just showed us in his word how he handles authority. He wants to see the greatness in us. So when God tells husbands, look, you, I'm giving you headship. In other words, I will instruct you. I will talk with you. I will help you to have the grace to want to see your wife become every single thing I want her to be. And it even says, for your glory. It's going to glorify you if you don't control her to be what you want her to be. But you agree with what I want her to be. And you support her in that and help her in that. That's not an Ahab. That is a godly man led by the Spirit of God to see his wife become everything she's supposed to be. Both parents should have that same heart towards their children. You're not trying to make them into your image. So let's all delete their my little Mimi or whatever they call it. Mini Mimi or Mimi Momo, whatever the heck. Amen? They were made in the image of Christ, not you. All right? They're made in the image of Christ. Break the power of that. Get the stupid little pictures off your internet pages and begin to celebrate who they are. That doesn't mean they're not going to have some of your personality traits. Because what? We have God's personality traits when we're born again. Amen? Does everybody get what I'm saying? And and I'll do this story because this is the other story I do along that lines. There was a time... When my husband, with all good intentions, and he is a wonderful father, those boys would do absolutely anything for their dad. They love their dad. Dads are heroes in the eyes of their kids, and they should be. And John has integrity. He loves them. He's laid down his life for his family. There's no question. He's laid down his life for me to have this kind of ministry. I've got to tell you. He's laid down his life for his kids. He's never complained about all the finances we spent on Mitchell's medical bills and all the things we walked through. It's amazing. That doesn't make him an Ahab. It makes him a godly, godly man. And women, we are to be as the Holy Spirit in the in influencing. Amen? So I saw, led by the Holy Spirit, that my husband was trying uh, to try to relate to Michael coming from his relationship with his other son and coming from his own personality. And so the Lord had me say in a way of wisdom, in a way led by God, not a put down, you know, this child is not, is not like you. He doesn't think the way you do. He's created different than you are in the image of God. And if you would just see who he is, and begin to, and, and to embrace that and celebrate that, you'll have a great relationship. Now, men, sometimes when your wife has godly wisdom, 
you might have an issue, but God will help you get over it. And my husband really took that to heart. And they developed their own really great relationship that is different than his relationship with his other son, but equally great. Amen? And began to appreciate him. And, and this, the Lord did that with me. When, when Lauren was little, and she was so dainty and so, you know, just so feminine-ish. And, just, and I'm thinking, I come from a pretty tough family, if you know any of our siblings. We're all kind of like that. And here, I'm like, I remember thinking, how is this child going to survive? They're going to run over her. And so I was trying to change her. And the Holy Spirit rebuked me. And he said, she's not you. I made her in my image what I want her to reveal about me. And, and he just really made me see that. So when you're doing your worksheets, especially when you're at home, because you're not going to have time in your groups, you can already tell that. We'll have more time next week. But you're going to have to stop and see some of these things. Did I try to make my children in my image? Did their father try to make them in their image? Did we really see who God wanted them to be? What did we put on them unintentionally? How can we break the power of that? How can we pray for that? How, Lord, show us what to do. How did that happen to me? I'll just be really honest. One of my parents really had some spiritual issues. And every time that parent was really acting under the wrong spirit and would get in an argument or a fight with me or some really can be abusive things way back. And they've, I've forgiven them and, and they're really going after God. But they would, every time they would look at me with this weird voice, which I now know was spiritual and say, you're just like me. That was a devil trying to make me into that image of that person who was cussing me, that person who was calling me names, that person who was being abusive. And I've had to go through that garden and pull out those seeds. I had to forgive, and I have. I had to separate that real person who's an awesome parent, who really loves me, who really did a lot to pour good into my life from when that thing would come on them. And I had to see that thing as separate. And I had to ask God to get that out of my heart. And I had to get that mean thing out of my heart. And I have had to spend most of my Tuesday nights when God is convicting me. A lot of it is showing me where that thing had an impact in my life by saying who I was that wasn't true. Does anybody relate to this? Okay, so are you getting what I'm telling you? That you have, and they could be godly parents. You could love them. You're not being disrespectful to separate what the enemy did from the person made in the image of God. Amen? And really forgiving the person and hating what Satan was up to. Amen? So that's what the groups are. They're, don't let somebody bash anybody. Let them just separate them and see how it affected them. Help them to really forgive and help them to see where this they passed on to their kids and, and start busting this stuff up. Amen? I mean, like, oh my gosh, we have a lot to do. Once again, if you're watching this, we really encourage you to go to beautyfrashes.org, become part of the mentorship or at least the partnership. There are videos to help you with all of this. We will have the workbooks up on there where you can download the, um, the worksheet pages. You can start these groups at your own homes. And no, don't call it Beauty for Ashes. We don't start churches by you doing a Bible study in your home. Can I hear an amen? We're not trying to have a lot of churches. There should be one church. 
because there's only one head of the church. The rest of us are servants. Amen? But if you've got some friends like, hey, we could do this, I encourage you to get the teaching because how many, you all here know, we have hours of teaching on this. So these, putting this workbook together on Tuesday nights cannot be repeat of all that, but it can get you hungry to go look some of that up. Amen? Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching. Then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you. 